Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, although I should say Ghost Chronicles, the original. Joining me is my co-host who started this journey with me almost 20 years ago, uh, the queen of pain herself, Maureen Wood. Hey, how you doing? Good. 20 years ago, just about. Me. I know. you got to stop calling me queen of pain and stop manifesting it. <laughs> yeah, if you say so. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, it's good to have you back. Uh, we're broadcasting live right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio, as well as wherever else it's being carried. And I have a special guest tonight. This is a young lady I met at the uh, Ocean State Paracon. Uh, she is the proprietor of the Providence Ghost Tour. She is Courtney Edge. Uh-oh. Matos? Oh, Matos. Oh, my God. He... We go Mattis. Mattis on that one. All right, whatever. I've never gotten anybody's name no, right. He butches so don't, everybody's don't names. <laughs> it hasn't don't. changed. That is one thing that hasn't changed in 20 years, Ron. So, just yeah, anyways. <laughs> so, Courtney has been running these ghost tours in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And how did you ever get involved in it? Uh, what you know? What I mean, that's not like a job you normally take. It's like it is not. Gotta... It is not. Hmm. So how did you get involved in it? Um, so the story is sort of, yeah, so the story sort of goes like this. Um, I went to college at University of Rhode Island. I was majoring in theater and French, um, which are very marketable uh, majors. Oh. Speak, <laughs> um, speak, speak some French for me so I could be like uh, the Adams guy. <gasps> I don't speak much of it anymore, so that's how far that got me. Um, oh, Actually, I have been speaking it a little bit more lately, but that's an aside. Um, so essentially, during college, um, it was a summer break, I think, between my sophomore and junior years. And I lived in Portsmouth, Rhode Island with my family. Um, and my mom was flipping through the paper, um, and she was like, hey, this is something you should apply for. And it ended up being an advertisement for a guide for the Newport Ghost Tour that was just starting out their very oh, wow. first season. Um, and I think it was like a weird ad. It was like, like to tell stories, give us a call. Um, or like stories, like ghosts, give us a call. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't a ton of information, but I went, um, I, I, or I called them and scheduled an audition. Um, and I guess I did okay in the audition. And they hired me. Um, and so that what, kind of... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why it, did your mother think that you would be great at... at because she's intuitive and she knows her daughter. Because my mom is an, in, yes, she's very sensitive. So she, she just knew it was the right thing. Um, she knows I love telling stories. Um, and we, 
when I was very little, um, I think I was 18 months old when we moved into what turned out to be a deliciously haunted home um, okay. in Vermont. So the ghosts have always really been a part of um, kind of my family's story, my family's culture, our human experience. Um, so I think that definitely like clued her in and made her go, hey, let's get Courtney on this. Okay. Um, so I did that and I loved it. And then I graduated from college and wasn't sure what to do with myself. Um, and I had a friend, Mike, who was in a similar position, just kind of not um, – not satisfied with the standard nine to five. He was much more marketable. He had been smart in college and was, a, I, I think he was an electrical engineering major, um, but just not loving the standard job, but did love um, anything related to history, anything related to ghosts. And so we kind of put our heads together, spent nine months doing research in 2006, um, interviewing people, understanding the history, combing through records, and um, and then the little tour was born. And and now it's 2019, and <laughs> I'm the sole owner of the tour now, um, and, and she is going strong. Oh, that's excellent. Wow, congratulations. So, I Thank mean, that's... You. It's a, to to a lot of people I know, and this tells you about the people I know, uh, that would be a dream job <laughs> because uh, they <laughs> love to interact with people and they love telling ghost stories and they love to get to go to nice haunted locations if there is such a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you want to tell us, first of all, if somebody's interested in a ghost tour, uh, where can they get information on it? So the best place would be ProvidenceGhostTour.com. That's our website. Um, we, you know, have sort of all, I would say most of our relevant information on there. I, I couldn't say that we have everything, but, um, you know, that's where you can learn about the tour, find, you know, find the schedule, which the schedule is really easy because we have tours every day. Um, though we will be switching times right now, we're doing nightly tours at 8 p.m. Um, as of September 1st and through the rest of the year, we'll be doing seven, uh, Right now we have tours at 8 p.m. We'll be doing 7 p.m. tours. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to kind of follow the sunset, essentially. Um, so that's probably the best resource. We also have active social media feeds, so you can always see what's happening on our social media pages. Um, and I think, yeah, I think those are probably the best okay. the best resources to find us. All right. So I, I know that, like, when you applied for a job, there was already, you know, a, a tour in place. So how do you go about creating your own ghost tour? I mean, that that's pretty remarkable in itself. That was interesting. And I would say that, um, you know, my experience may not be the same as other ghost tour owners. Um, mm-hmm. But essentially... Um, we knew that we wanted it to be in Providence. We felt like, you know, in terms of accessibility um, to Massachusetts, accessibility to the rest of Rhode Island, being fairly close to Connecticut, um, the logistics made sense. Um, it's a walkable city, so I think that's a pretty key element because we didn't have the capital to invest in, like, a bus or something like that. Um, and then it was really finding the stories. And I would say there were, there were periods of time um, when we thought to find the ghosts because in 2006, people thought you were kind of batty if you were talking about ghosts. You know, you were a little bit nuts. 
like ghost hunters was out for sure. It was definitely a thing. Um, but I think you still ran up it into those people who are like, Ooh, we don't want to talk to you about that. That's weird. Um, but people would talk to us about history very extensively. We could go to the Rhode Island archives. We could go to the um, historical societies and they would tell us anything about that. And I just couldn't believe that in a city that, you know, was founded um, and kind of settled in 1636 and has been going strong ever since that, that there couldn't be ghosts floating around. Um, so we did research. We found um, shadowlands.net, which is like really old and I don't think has been updated in probably a very long oh, time. I remember that. Um, yeah. Shadow, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So oh shout out God, to our Shadowlands friends. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it though? Yes, um, it is. But for in 2006, like that was a resource for us. So we were like, okay, we've got some stories. Let's see what we can find and if we can get people to corroborate any of these hauntings. Um, because we wanted to make sure that there was evidence backing everything that we talked with people it wasn't just like some drunk college kid that was like yeah my stuff moved and you know it was really weird um we we wanted tales you know um and preferably a lot of information from people and from multiple witnesses um and so that's what we set out to do uh we had i would say a four-hour tour um, so we beat Gilligan's Island, I guess. Um, we had a four hour tour when we started out, um, just walking because we found so many stories by the end of the nine months, we were just like, we had so many stories and they were so scattered. And so after walking like this four hour tour, I literally remember like just sitting down in a huff on like a curb on Thayer street and was like, I don't think we can do this. Like, this is just too much. Um, so then we began to slice and dice. Um, and at that point, you know, we knew our stories, we wrote out a script, we spent hours and hours and hours really trying to make sure we, um, we had a proper script that made sense that, that was, you know, something that people would understand when we were telling it to them. Um, and so we, we X'd some places off of our list because a, we didn't feel like they had the strongest stories or B, they just kind of didn't fit within, um, a walkable distance. You know, we had stories on South main street, but uh, then people really have to go all the way down the hill to get there. Um, and the hill strikes fear in the hearts of many people. Um, so we wanted to minimize that. So, yeah, and then over time, we've added, uh, well, now it's, I keep saying we, I, I totally get stuck in the plural, but I am the single, like the solo owner of the tour now. Um, we very harmoniously separated just in, in terms of the business because it, it just didn't fit into Mike's life plan anymore. Um, but so I have stories that I've added. We have stories that, um, you know, have, have become less active over time for whatever reason. And I couldn't tell you what that is. Um, but it makes the stop less dynamic. So then we'll reroute the tour to find something that's more dynamic and more exciting. So there's always opportunity to, to change it up a little bit. So you do this by yourself? I don't. Um, so like tonight I have, um, yeah, <laughs> I have amazing guides. Um, so this has given me an opportunity to hire people. So I am like a proper employer here in Rhode Island. Um, I have seven, seven, I have seven guides right now. Oh, excellent. Um, 
Yeah, and because we're not you, you just probably on go land, batty, also, right? you know. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, I work a full-time day job, so that would probably take it out of me a little too much yeah. um, if I were also doing the tours myself. So, um, yeah, so I have seven guides. I have one guide that will be on land and one guide that will be on the water tonight um, because oh. we also partner with Providence Riverboat Company, which is a new partnership this year. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and that's a totally different set of stories that I developed this past winter and I would say early spring. Um, and those are sort of along the waterfront. So people get, you know, that that piece of legend, which is pretty cool. Oh wow! That's yeah. That, you've re- no. you've really grown. That's 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 excellent. Yeah. And I yeah. I know, so I, I mean, I certainly couldn't do that alone. That would be impossible. I, I know because you know I, I'm on the, the board of the Friends of uh, Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, and we do haunted tours to raise mm-hmm. funds for the thing, and we, and we would do like awesome. three a night, and then yep. it would. I mean, I would do it myself with uh, Jeremy Dontremont, and it, you would. It's actually the same, same quiet story, same thing. Three tours of the thing. I mean, it's like, oh my God! You know, it just takes a lot oh, out of yeah. you. So I could imagine doing it. Does. Yeah. When um, let's see. I think this September we'll we'll add on the gondolas. So La Gondola Providence is. Um, a gondola company that floats people up and down the river. And we were with them last October. And, you know, it was sort of a test drive situation. So I didn't teach any of my guides the script. That was all me. And we would do three back-to-back-to-back tours, floating tours. And you're not walking, you're not moving, but you're expelling that energy um, just in storytelling, you know. And, man, by the time I'd get off the boat, I was like, whew. I need a nap. Like <laughs> I'm tired. So yeah. yeah. So my guides girl, so. are my, my saving grace. Yes. So my guides are my saving grace. They keep me sane and, and keep this tour moving, which is wonderful. So Courtney, I have a question. So if you're uh, on your tours or someone takes your tour, if you were to walk them through it literally, or at least on uh, virtually mm-hmm. on the phone, do you go into establishments? Do you have it set? What are, you said you started slicing and dicing. So what is your average tour length and, you know, what is it like? Ooh, the phone cut out a little bit, so I'm hoping you can hear me. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, groovy. Um, so tour lengths are an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes. Um, I would say we probably skew more on the hour and 45 minute um, time frame just because people walk at their own pace and we need to make sure that we walk right. with that pace. Um, so it's an hour and 45 minutes. It's, I think, right now when I wore my Fitbit last, um, I think it was 1.8 miles. Um, and you've got about 10 stories right now that we're telling over the course of that period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't enter any of the establishments. Most of them are either private residences, um, academic buildings for Brown University and Rhode Island School of Design, um, or other you know public buildings, that kind of thing. Um, so we're not entering them. We do make note if you can go in during the day. Um, so that if people want to go back, some of these buildings welcome visitors. They're more than happy to have you, you know, take a poke around while they're open. So we let folks oh, know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, what do you think is your most uh, peculiar story that you, you tell? My, can you say that again, please? 
What, what is your uh, of, of, it doesn't have to be just a walking tour. It could be the, on the, the water as well. What is the most interesting? Let's instead of peculiar, we'll try interesting story. Mm. Well, think, what's your favorite? Mm. Yeah, I guess what's your favorite? I guess would be okay. So, <laughs> well, um, my favorite is the Anne Mary Brown Memorial at Brown University. So it is it's an academic building. Um, but it is also a tomb. It's the final resting place for Anne Mary Brown and her husband, uh, Christopher Rush Hawkins. Um, and it's wonderfully haunted, which is fantastic. Um, and it just, they, they just had this brilliant love story. She was this very frail woman, uh, a frail child, I should say. Um, she was born on that site and, um, she was very, very sick as a young child, and, and the doctor um, felt that it was the climate of Rhode Island that was so bad for her. And so they advised that if they wanted their daughter to live, um, and the family had lost her sister, also named Anne Mary Brown, interestingly enough, um, you know, they didn't want to lose a second child. So um, they uprooted and essentially... Um, went from doctor to doctor around the country, over to Europe, constantly moving, trying to keep this little child alive, trying to find a cure. It sounds like, um, just from the descriptions, that it was probably something that would have been extremely curable now, um, something like asthma. But at that time in, um, in like the 1840s, 50s, um, they didn't have a cure, and that was essentially a death sentence. So her family did their very best. They did a beautiful job. And when she was in her early 20s, they were given permission to return to Rhode Island for a Brown family reunion. Um, so it was Browns from all over the place. Um, and she met her husband, and they married one year later, and then he went off to fight in the Civil War. And um, he did, but he wrote her letters throughout the war, um, you know, kind of letting her know that he'd made it through one battle, that he'd made it through the next, that he hoped to rejoin her soon. And he survived. And um, it, reportedly, she grew very frail during that time because her anxiety was just so great for, for his life that she was going to lose him. Um, but they made it. And they lived this beautiful, like, gentle, lovely life, constantly moving, always trying to find a new doctor um, until their 60s. And then she died. Um, apparently, a servant forgot to ignite the burner on the furnace on Christmas Day. And oh. the house got cold and the cold settled in her chest and she died. Um, and so Rush, her husband, was just absolutely lost. Like, she was his everything. She, they didn't have children. Um, they moved so frequently. They were just, like, everything for one another. And so he was completely gutted by the loss of her. So he wrote a book about her life, and then he created the memorial. And so he had her entombed there as soon as it was built. He, he moved her from her original resting place. And then he worked in that building for the rest of his life. So he was always by her side. He was always near her, which is just so extraordinarily poetic. Um, and when you go into the building, um, like I said, it's an academic building, but it's also essentially a museum to their life. 
So they have portraits of their of Russian and Mary. They have portraits of family members. They have artifacts that they collected throughout their travels. They have a cap that she knitted him that he wore during the Civil War. Um, wow. All these lovely items are are there. And then at the very back is the tomb room, and that's where they rest. Um, and his his um, will, he bequeathed the building to Brown University. His will was very unusual, very odd stipulations, like the doors to the tomb room to, were to be kept ajar any time there was a lecture in the building so that he and Anne Mary could continue to learn in their afterlife. So he uh, must have believed in something. Um, and so Brown follows that, which is awesome. Like, kudos to Brown University. You keep those doors open anytime there's a lecture. That's brilliant. Um, but there are parts of the will that they don't follow. And that is what brings about this absolute lioness quality in Anne Mary Brown. Um, so she was very frail in her life, but she is the protector in their afterlife. Um, and so one of the issues that, that made her very apparent to the staff that worked there was in the 1960s and 70s, security was terribly lax and a number of the family artifacts were stolen. Um, oh. And this just brought her spirit up and people would see her, the staff would see her um, like pacing through the building, wringing her hands, looking just terribly, terribly upset. There was this awful black aura that just kind of um, descended upon the building and you felt unwelcome. You felt um, pushed out the door. The building grew cold. It was just this dynamic shift. And so they called in a psychic to kind of figure out like, what could they do? How could they appease her? How could they make the atmosphere of the building more comfortable for themselves? Um, and what the psychic did was she, she kind of tuned in with Anne Mary, communed with her, I guess, and opened her eyes to see the specter of Anne Mary, just as people had described, standing right by her. And she was looking, they were in the basement, she was looking at this one spot on the floor. And what the psychic saw were papers that were just kind of like strewn about. And she saw a little box that was upended on its side. And she, Anne Mary was staring very intently at this. So the woman kind of intuited, she wants me to collect these. She wants me to gather these up. And so that's what she did. And as she gathered the, the papers and put them in the box, Anne Mary's spirit sighed and disappeared. Oh. And she thought, what, what did I just do? You know, this was like just so crazy to see. And she, she just couldn't figure out what she had found. So she looked more closely. And on top of the box lid was this note. It was old. It was faded. Um, but it said never to be opened in this spidery, spidery handwriting. And it oh. was Rush's handwriting. Oh. And this box was mentioned in the will. And these were the letters that they had exchanged any time they were absent from one another. And according to his will, it was to be kept in a locked glass cabinet and never to be opened. Oh, wow. And since that time, that's where it is now. It's in a, ca a cabinet. If you go, you can see it. Uh, but you can't see the contents because those are private. Those are their personal letters. Um, and since that time, Anne Mary is much calmer, but they do still see her. Um, in evening, 
because the last edict of the will was that the building was to close at 4 p.m. so that their spirits could rise and mingle. Again, this amazingly poetic stuff that that Rush inserted in the will very purposefully. Mm-hmm. And they often have lectures that go into the evening. They'll have, we've seen choral concerts there, um, you know, different events that take the, the building into the night. And it's during those times that, again, she rises and they feel this cold and they feel this sensation that you are no longer welcome. So that, that just, I mean, that story just brings me to my knees every time. I absolutely love it. Well, That's I must an, an say awesome that you do a great job at the storytelling, so I can imagine. <laughs> Thank you. That one I just feel like I feel it in every part of my body. They are just such magnificent spirits. Now, when they go on, if you like that and you'd like a little more, hop on a ghost tour. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. And if they want to do that, they can check out uh, Providence uh, Ghost Tours on uh, Facebook. It's on Facebook, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter, and I even have a Pinterest. There you go. So. Uh, unfortunately, believe it or not, we're up two minutes to the break. So, uh, oh, that, that went fast a half hour. It was maybe too long for you to shot for you. And I but, thought it was wonderful, but if you'd ever like to have me back, I'm always happy to chat. Yes, we would love to have you back again. And, uh, okay. once again, check out, uh, Courtney's, uh, Providence Ghost Tours at, uh, com. And, uh, you know, it's in, it's in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, is there's, there's there good uh, restaurants around there and everything so they can make an evening of it? Oh, Providence is full of good restaurants, absolutely. And we also have on select Saturday nights, we have Ghosts and Grub, which is a food truck that meets us before the tour. So you can buy sort of a combo ticket um, oh, last funny. weekend. That's good. Like yeah, that. it's really lovely. So um, last weekend we had Mindful Maya smoothies because right now the weather is kind of hot. Today is really hot. Um, yes. So that kind of cooled people down as they walked. So mm-hmm. um you can go to a restaurant or you can just choose a ghost and grub night and walk with us while you, ch- while you munch. That's awesome. And the, the boat, the boat, uh, the boat tours, uh, seem, seem great too. I, I have to tell you a funny story. And when we got about 30 seconds is that we did, uh, a, uh, a, a tour on the gondolo, which is a, uh, a low draft river that they used to bring up stuff out of Portsmouth. And we went in October last year with Steve Parsons from the UK and it was the freaking coldest thing. <laughs> it it was like, oh, it was absolutely freezing. It's a small sailing ship, too. So, I mean, you, you can't, you know, you can't. The weather is the weather. So, anyways. Yep, Courtney, there's nowhere to huddle. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for joining thank us. You, and I'm so glad uh, you agreed to come on. And a great story once again. But we do have to take the break now. And thank you very much. All right. Bye thank now. you for having thank me. You. Have a wonderful day. You bye bye. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio with Ron Kolick, New England's own Van Helsing, and the Queen of Pain, Maureen Wood. We'll be right back after the following massages. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, 
get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. We're back, right? You got that right. <laughs> of course, that was the theme song from Van Helsing, in case oh, you didn't know. I didn't realize you played that theme song before we got back. Sorry yeah. about that. Me and uh, Jack Klugman, you know, we're, we're like twins separated at birth. Uh-huh. Yeah, anyway. That's what I would have said. <laughs> yeah, that's what most people say. Anyways, uh, Ghost Chronicles is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, uh, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And they got some great things coming up here in August. Uh, actually, on August 2nd, Sharon Britton and Nicholas Pearson. Uh, do you know who they are? Uh, uh, what's your name? Maureen? Maureen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have to say I do not. Yeah, the rep of Florida, Sharon, has a, will bring a large selection of beautiful, high-vibrating crystals. They are both experts on crystals and share their passion with you. Yeah, they're, they're, they have these great crystals. They come up every year, and they do a great job. And if you're interested in psychic development, Laura Worcester, of course, will be teaching her psychic development class. Uh, 101 on Sunday, 8-11. Uh, the workshop's a great way to learn to how to attune into your own psychic strength. And you can find out all this information at circlesofwisdom.com or call 978-474-8010, 978-474-8010. So there you go. Well, it's great to have you back, I'll tell you. And that, that half hour just flew by. Well, thank you. Yeah, it, oh, it did. And I think she did such an amazing job telling the story. It was like you were right there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. I think if I lived closer, I would go and check it out. And if I, I could, would. If I could walk better, I might too. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, we were down there for the uh, the the Ocean State Paracon, and uh, uh, that that's what they did. They they had the night tours with her at night. But uh, no, I pooped out, so <laughs> I did uh, not go. Jan, okay. Jan was with me, so uh, we we just uh, crashed at the hotel after we found it, of course, which was uh, very difficult for me. <laughs> I well, have no sense of direction at all. 
Well, it's really, well, at least you're not giving the tour, but anyway, um, I don't know. I would have loved to have gone and checked out your event over there. I heard you did a great job oh, when you did was, your talk. How'd it go? It, it was good. I closed the place down. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that good or bad? Uh, that's, that's good, I guess. I, okay. I don't know. All right. Well, when I was done, I could leave, so that was good. <laughs> All right. Even better. Yeah, it was it was great. I met a lot of people, picked up on, made a lot of contacts for the the show and everything else. And uh, you know, this is where I I met this young lady, and, and there's tons of other one too. And uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm actually glad that I went. It was a little annoying, but good. Well, the next big one is going to be what Spirit Quest, right? Spirit Quest, September 27th, 28th, 29th, and get your picture, your pictures. Yeah, you can get pictures if you want. You can get your tickets online at nigosproject.com. The letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. And for those who don't know, Maureen and I have been writing books for quite a while now. I, I was thinking about that. It's it's been was our first book started with 2007 or 2007. Yeah, I think we started it in 2006, 2007, and it yeah. came out in 2009. 2009. Yeah. yeah, and of course that was Ghost Chronicles, the original, then there was Ghost of Day, and then more Ghost Chronicles, uh, which just came out in October. If you haven't got a uh, copy of it, you got to check it out. It's uh, doing well. People love it. So, But you have also uh, gone on with your, your good friend Black Betty and, and – uh, <laughs> Yes, Black Betty. Yes, and, Betty Comerford. And, and delved into the fictional. Yeah, we have. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because we did get one review up there, which I thought was kind of interesting because the woman, she reviews specifically for paranormal type books. Mm-hmm. And she said, interestingly enough, this book reads like a um, paranormal investigation. Like someone had real, and she said, and when I read the back and realized that both of these people, Maureen and Betty, had experience with the paranormal, that made sense. So what it is, it's, if anybody wants to, you know, go take a look, it's out on Amazon, you can get it in book format and digital, um, and it is called Monster of the Asylum. Uh, Yeah, and I actually wrote under a pseudonym, because I didn't want to mix our books up with, you know, the fiction books. Um, so it's J.S. Stevens is my pseudonym and, and B.T. Lord. But I have to say, I, it's funny because even my daughter-in-law was visiting last weekend and she's reading it, right? And she's like, my son's like, mom, oh my God, tell, don't give her another book. Because she's like, she's, you know, she's so scared. She had to go turn on Bob's Burgers so that, I, you know, she was Bob's not scared Burgers, anymore. Oh and I'm God. like, really? She turned on Bob's Burgers at like in the middle of the night? He goes, oh yeah. He said she was ta- she was reading a book and she got creeped out so bad. And I'm like, it's a young adult and up. So she's uh, like, well, I, I'm a weenie. <laughs> whatever. And it was funny because I've actually had um, a lot of feedback that people love it and they mm-hmm. have gotten a little creeped out with it. So, But that's what it's about, the thrill, right? Right. I mean, that's why you read thrillers that's, or paranormal. It doesn't shatter glass like Ghost Chronicles, but that's fine. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But- for those who don't know, my, my neighbor, uh, and we were talking, uh, and she said, oh, yeah, I didn't know you wrote books. And I said, oh, yeah, I did Ghost Chronicles. I said, you can borrow it, which if you like to read it. So she uh, took the book, and then she sat down with her husband, who really loves the paranormal, and they, they got themselves a glass of wine, and they sat down and started reading it, and then all of a sudden, the glass shattered. <laughs> <And> the wine <laughs> 
<laughs> she came back the next day and said, here, take your book back. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> and well, then I had, you know. I had, wait a minute. I had another friend who uh, uh, bought the book, and she came home from shopping with some other stuff, and she put it on the kitchen table. She went into the other room, and she came in. She heard a loud bang from the kitchen, and she came in, and and everything was thrown off the floor except our book. <laughs> See? Now, well, come on. What kind of review is that? That's perfect. I know it. She goes, <laughs> you want to be creeped? Read it. You want your house haunted? Read it. Oh, don't do that. Do you know that early on, you know, you're so excited, right? And we both got boxes of books, right, from the publisher. Yeah, and. Box. Well, we got a box, but the thing is, is I gave it out to my our kids. You know, my kids and their friends wanted a copy. Nice as I am. <laughs> well, I know. I just whatever. I was like, you know, hey, so and so wants a book. So okay, yeah, fine. Well, she's so now he calls me, one of my son's friends, and he mm-hmm. said that he couldn't read the book, and I'm like, why? I gave you the book. He said, no, my girlfriend took it and hit it on me because she tried to read it and it scared her so much that she she hit it. Now I don't know where it is, and he's like, <laughs> like I'm like, okay, we'll buy one then. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's like I gave you the first one. If you can't find it, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're not a yeah a lending library. Exactly. So, anyway. but yeah. So, um, you're going to have your uh, book at SpiritQuest, your your I, new uh, fictional book, what you and Betty wrote. I am. Yep. Excellent. I absolutely yeah. am because uh, some of the ladies have asked me to to bring some copies, so I'm going to bring some with me. Yep, I've heard. Uh, yeah, people have been. Re- Sending me messages as well as Maureen going to bring a book. So I said, yep, should bring it. So, yep, uh, so Spirit Quest, that's September 27th, 28th, and 29th. You can come for the day, you can come for the night, you can come for the whole weekend. A uh, lot of fun, a lot of events. This year's is the X Files based on uh, the X Files. So, <laughs> but uh, we get a lot of uh, speakers and uh, workshops uh, that uh, are. They're going to be really neat uh, on, on different ones. It's up on the website, so check it out. I want to go through the whole list of it. But you and I will be doing one as well on uh, psychic detective work. Exactly. Be fun. Yeah. I think that's so, going to be really fun. So, and, and we haven't worked together recently. Well, I should say recently for a long time doing a class. So that'll be fun. I think the last one was Spirit Quest, right? Right. Yep. I know we did. What was it? The the was it automatic writing? Yes, we did. We did some automatic writing um, yeah, we did at the BC. Yeah, yeah, and that you know it's it's interesting because I think a lot of these um, you know different events people don't realize how much they're going to get out of it and how oh, sometimes yeah. their loved ones come through and uh, it's almost like they're waiting for the opportunity to reach out mm-hmm. and to give them a message. So a lot of them get very people get very emotional. So bring lots of tissues with you. Um, or Ron, maybe you should bring some what? tissues and put them out. What? What? <laughs> cry about this thing. They're not. Babies. Not a bad. No, no, not bad. Emotional. Like people. I've in one of the classes that I was doing too. That there was um, someone whose loved one came through, and they were doing some automatic writing, and they mm-hmm. didn't realize what they were writing and the information until they were done, and they read it, and it made a lot of sense. And it was the person oh, yeah, next yeah. to them. They were picking up on it on the other person. So. Mm-hmm. Each one almost was getting a message for the other. So I think that you just – what I'm saying is you just never realize exactly what can happen. You know, you're open to possibilities, and I think that's what it's all about. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, the last time you ran a, a, a psychic class, and it's not going to be the same psychic detective class as you did last time. This is di- a little different. Yep. And uh, people just loved it. They, they didn't want the class to end. They just wanted to keep going. They all had a great time on it. Yeah, I, you know, we had a lot of fun. I think, um, I don't know, I can't explain it. It went really fast, just like tonight, talking to Courtney, right? Mm-hmm. Just when you're enjoying yourself and things are going great, it's the time just flies by. Um, so I think that if anybody who's listening who's on the fence about going to Spirit Quest should really, really consider it and sign up right away. Yeah, sure. Like I said, you can come for the day, you can come for the night or the whole weekend. There's special packages for all of them. And a uh, great set of uh, speakers and so forth. But anyway, so anyways, I did this investigation last week at the uh, a theater in Boston. And uh, one of the things I did is I broke the Maureen rule, rule which <laughs> I am kicking myself in the ass for. Um, for those who don't know, is that I... Uh, I mean, pretty much want to understand, and not for me to understand things, I want to experience. I mean, one of the things that uh, I'm trying to understand, which is why we hold our monthly red light seances, is uh, mediumship and uh, reading energy and so forth. So uh, I work with uh, Marion and I work with Leslie Martin, and, and we do our investigations. But I try to contribute as well on a mediumship level and it's not like I'm saying I'm a medium so don't get that wrong what I'm trying to do is to try to understand it by connecting and say okay can I do this is or do you have to be born a medium or what's the deal on it and uh so anyways we were in one of these rooms and uh I was sitting there next to Leslie and we were she picked up on this woman and we just you know it was a, a theater that we were doing so it was a viewing room so we were sitting all in the dark, and uh, uh, we knew nothing about this theater at all, by the way. <laughs> and so uh, we're sitting there, and she pick, was picking up a woman. Then all of a sudden, I started to pick up on a car. I started to see a car, and I described the car and everything else. And uh, Motown came into it. It's okay, there's Motown. And, and then Buzzy says, Detroit, yeah, that's it. And then everything else and then i saw like the car really thing it's an old big one of those tanks that back from the day and uh you know had uh, the chrome on it and everything you know you know the big cars and uh i like saw a big it cadillac I, yeah well not a big cadillac all the cars were big back then you know back in the the uh late uh 50s and 60s when right. they were yeah they were really big and like i said chrome they had chrome everywhere they were big solid cars those things were tanks and uh yeah no seatbelt well they had one slap seatbelt i think or whatever but anyway but one of the things i saw was the, the big white walls and i didn't mention it uh i said ah, you know i'm saying this car and i'm saying this and i said a big white room that's kind of you know i don't know it just seems like i'm making it up or whatever so i didn't say anything and then uh after it was all over the uh uh, guy who was with us, who was the director of the place, uh, he goes over and, and asks us question about what we said, and, and also comments, basically comments on what we said. And he says, Ron, he said, I can't believe it. He says, you picked up on all that stuff. And then uh, he says, the room you're in is named after, and it was a woman, uh, and uh, she made her money 
in Detroit on, uh, auto, on automobiles. And in fact, if you look at our logo, you can see it has a big car, the car I saw with the big wheel and the big white walls in it, and on it. It's like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so now I get what you say in the Maureen rule. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Maureen rule, by the way, is that um, – well, basically, why don't you just, just trusting? So yeah. it's many when Ron and I first started working together. Um, you know, I would we started off, and I had a pendulum, right? So I have a pendulum, and you can visually see it. So a yes or no, or maybe. But then, as I was becoming more comfortable working with Ron, I started really kind of picking up on information and sharing it something that I hadn't done all the time. And he'd say, you know, what's going on? You know, he'd almost feel like he was embarrassed for me because you couldn't see a yes or no, or maybe it was this person's name or did this little event take place because it showed up in my head and did your neighbor come over and X, Y, Z happen? And, and he pulled me aside one time and he said, you know, you, you really, you know, you, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, you, you know, that's embarrassing. And I said, no, it's not. It's trusting what you get because it may not make sense to me, but it may make sense to someone else who's in the room or some information that they need to hear. And that's the same way. I mean, you to me, it's taking that step and that leap of faith and putting it out there. And the more you hear that, that verification back, the stronger you get as a medium because you trust more. Yeah, I, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I like you would say something crazy and I say, Oh, why, why did you say that? That's, that's ridiculous. And then it would be cause relevant. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, in the uh, chat room on Pararex, uh, Gene says that uh, something wicked by Debbie Chestnut scared the crap out of me. And it, it, isn't it funny how certain things trigger that fear in us? Uh, you know, everybody has different things, unless you're clay, and then you're scared of everything. <laughs> <laughs> scared of dolls, scared of potato chips, scared of killer deer, scared of... Whatever. But anyway. Yes, but it's always humorous at times, oh, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the doll room with clay. So, mm -hmm. so is there something that frightens you? Oh, I know this. I don't even. Oh have my to God! <laughs> really have to ask me. As soon as I said it, spiders. Spiders. It's one thing. I just yeah. I don't like spiders at all. You can talk to the dead, and, and I know you've done all kinds of things. You're not afraid to do anything as far as work or, or a tackle any job or anything, and yet a little spider frightens you. What, what do you think? Why, why did we get triggered? Why did something like that trigger a fear in us? Because it's a phobia, and it can happen anytime, and it could be brought on from watching your parents even um, take on their phobias. But I will say I know why I have my phobia. As a kid, I was watering the garden with my father, and I felt something crawling in my ear. And I took my finger, and I was wiggling it in my ear, and this big, black, hairy spider came out. Uh, if that's not bad enough, okay? I can't I be that big. It was big. It was. It, it, think about it. Spiders can cr crunch down and go in little spaces. But anyway, I put the hose in my ear, had an earache for a week. Um, and then after that, the I want to say one of the, the horror shows, uh, what was it, The Twilight Zone? Yes. Did you ever see the one where the spider went in and laid eggs in the head? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, about two months after this happened to me, I watched that 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 show and whenever I saw that one OMG I could not be near spiders for the longest time 
So all I kept thinking was, did it lay eggs in my head? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can have phobias for a lot of reasons. Yeah. there. Are, you know, it's weird is that uh, there are so many real things to be afraid of. That I know. Uh, yeah. But go figure. What do I watch last week? Arachnophobia. <laughs> and I think it's my way of trying to get out of my phobia. So I watch it to scare myself silly so that I can't even, you know, I'm freaking out watching a stupid show. And, you know, my husband's like, oh, my God, you gonna, you've watched this thing like three times already. <laughs> so. Yeah, it and, is what it is. Yes, it is. But, yeah. And so I, I know that we have uh, only a little bit of time left, but you've been working on something. Uh, it started uh, when we went to uh, Ocean State Paracorn. You got a phone call and uh, you, you want to talk about that because you had mentioned oh, it earlier. OK. Um, yes, actually, I got a phone call from my daughter-in-law and my son, and they had a good friend that. Um, I have a new granddaughter that's three months old, and this little baby, uh, this girl had a baby that was a baby maybe four months old, so a month older than my granddaughter. And they said that they had just recently moved, her and her husband had recently moved into our new house. They'd been there for three weeks, and the the, uh, baby's room is off of the master bedroom, so... They said that, you know, no matter what they do, the the dogs won't go in the room. They wouldn't play. They were always running away from the room. And every time they tried to put the baby down in that room, she would just scream. She wasn't eating great. Now, this poor little girl has got a lot of challenges with her health. So it's like there's so many contributing factors. Um, So I had an idea. I said, well, you know, I know that we'll get a response. I just don't know what we'll get. And I told her to use the St. Michael's Prayer. Um, so what happened was the Friday night before she she used the St. Michael's prayer, she said the prayer, put it under the mattress, and she said it was one of the worst nights it had. And I think it was more, I mean, I don't know whether they what they had done, what the process was, but I was kind of wondering what was going on. I didn't get a feeling it was remotely that it was anything evil or bad, but I could tell that there was something. I just couldn't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I packed up my car and I went to Connecticut where they where they live, uh, went to her house, went in there. And I have to say, I, I walked up the stairs in her new home and I have never felt, even on our investigations, I would feel pockets of something dark or energy, but it wasn't something, it wasn't like an interaction. It was like, as if the home was holding on to these pockets of dark energy. So, so much to the point where I went around to their walk-in closet and my hands just started vibrating. And I thought, oh man, and the dogs, she was right. Dogs would not go in the room up at the top of the stairs. Um, The little girl was, you know, you'd walk in the room, she'd start screaming and crying. And so I went through the house, used uh, holy water, uh, went through, Mm -hmm. through the home, did a whole blessing through the house. Uh, you know, as above, so below, did the whole thing. Um, it was about six at night, and I wanted to go when she was going to go down to sleep, and that's why I went there for then. And so what was interesting is the huge house, but after going through that whole process, I came up the stairs, and immediately the home felt clean, like it felt clearer. And I asked them, I said, what is going on? Was there someone, you know, because they moved into the house really abruptly. What is happening here? And they said, you know, well, the people who moved out, they said, you need to move in quickly because we're going to kill each other. They had had so many fights. Uh, they were getting divorced. They hated each other. They were harming each other. So, again, I didn't know if maybe it's the, you know, the chicken or the egg. 
Right. They were, they were the third or fourth owners of this home. So, and it was only built in the 80s. So it, it was seemed odd to me to say, was something there first? And then it, it forced these people to be at odds all the time. Um, so we went through the house and did a cleansing. And she's been, she was great. I sat with her. She slept in the room. The dogs played in the room. Everything was wonderful. Um, I did work for, with her as well, the, the little girl. And then a couple weeks go by, and I had said to her, you know, maybe you should have a um, baptism. So she was going to have someone come over to baptize herself and the daughter. And that happened this past Saturday, but I got a message on Friday saying the the fire alarm tripped twice and the baby was screaming, crying again for like several hours. So I was, yeah. So I didn't know what's going on, if it was a coincidence or not, but I sent some energy to the baby, surrounded her with the light and did prayers. And she said to me, what did you do? Because she fell asleep now and she's, she's fine. Um, and I haven't really heard back. I figured I'd give it a day or two um, and call her back, but so far, so good. But yeah, you just never know. And that energy that you're picking up on, um, you know, again, it didn't feel like an interactive energy. So it wasn't necessarily something I had experience in the past with because it was just there. You know, it was just there and thick. Do you remember that house we did in Connecticut? It was really, really dark. Yes, I do. Pomfret? No, not Pomfret. Which one then? This was in Connecticut. This was really, really dark. The cellar was the guy kid who lived in his had a room in the cellar. It was all black, and there was all kinds of stuff going on. Where Dark. was? I'm trying to remember. I, I, I do remember it, but I thought for some reason it was, was, it was one of the, the one of the, the beginning ones that we did. In fact, I think uh, we sent uh, Betty and Steve. Oh to, yes, yes, to, we sent them there to do a clear to talk with the family and. And do a clearing. Yeah, um, that, that was pretty nasty. That place. was pretty, yeah, that was pretty dark. But again, this didn't feel, it was odd because, you know, we've gone in and we investigated and you would have energy and you could feel it's reaching out to you and it's dark and it, you know, it's foreboding. Here, it was just like as if you were to clean off your, you know, clean yourself off and you had all this, you know, a- angry or negative uh, energy and you just kind of left it where you stood. And it right. was like pockets through the whole house like that. So it's interesting, you know, because they weren't picking up on it. But then again, it made me wonder. And, you know, I, one of the things that she said to me was that their house is near um, an old burial ground. Mm-hmm. And Oh, lovely. Yeah. But then again, I, you know, you hear that. And how what do you always say? Oh, there's always a burial ground. Right. right, I always say that. Indian burial grounds. No, no, no. Indian burial, Indian burial, burial grounds. Not That's always a burial ground. Burial grounds a little bit different. No, it was an Indian burial ground. Okay, fine. So then I was like, eh. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Indian so. Burial, it's Indian burial grounds and Mercury and retrograde get blamed for everything. Yes, they do. So yes, I'd have to actually look, but I hear that there is. There's. Whatever. Yeah. I know we're getting so, close to our time limit. but Yes, that was the uh, doorbell, which means pizza from the dead is here, and we've got to wrap it up. So, Maureen, if uh, somebody wants to find out more about you, how can they do that? They can actually go to maureen-wood.com. I have a webpage now, which is awesome. And you can also find me on Ron's page. I have a Facebook page as well. So mm-hmm. look me up. So what's that weather? Remember that purple website you built years ago? Oh, my God, that was old. Yeah. Well, it was the name of that. They had a, a cool name, though, on it. But when you looked at it, it looked kind of weird. 
I can't even think of the name I, of it. I cannot even remember. Oh, God, our minds are going. <laughs> I know. I know. Think of all the stuff we're trying to, to put in there, you know. Mm. So, anyways, I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight and filling in for the blonde bombshell who's out there drinking, I'm sure, because she does that so well. And uh, Well, she looks like she's having an awesome time getting pedicures and enjoying herself, so I'm glad she's having a good time. And I thank you for having me on. It was fun. Yeah, and uh, thank you, Courtney, uh, from Providence Goes Tours for joining us in the first half. And uh, she was a great story. I'm going to have her back on again. Oh, you so, should. Yeah, anyway. All right, time to wrap it up. So till next time, don't forget to check out uh, com. The letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and this program was brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386, Bermack Avenue, and Thuin, Massachusetts. Good night. God bless. Good night. God bless. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck.